Hello, 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 and welcome to the local edition. News and information to keep you connected in the Catskills in Northeast Pennsylvania. I'm your host, Patricio Robayo. In the second half of the show, I'll be speaking with singer, guitarist, painter, fiddler, slide player, Joe Crookston, who will be performing this weekend at the Delaware Valley Opera. But first, there is a winter storm warning in effect from 1 p.m. Saturday to 7 p.m. on Sunday with heavy snow expected. Total snow accumulations will be from 6 to 9 inches and areas affected are Cortland, Chicago, Oswego, Tioga, Broome, Delaware, and Sullivan counties. The weather service is stating that travel could be very difficult. Here to tell us more about this forecast is Warning Coordination Meteorologist at NOAA National Weather Service, Mark Pellerito. Thank you, Patricia. How are you doing? Doing great. Doing great. So like, this is, seems like it's going to be the first significant winter storm in our area. It seems like we've been lacking snow in the past couple of seasons. So can you provide our listeners with sort of an overview of the winter storm watch that's in effect this, uh, this weekend? The National Weather Service issues winter storm watches when there is at least 50% confidence and getting six to seven inches of snow from a single storm. And then as we get closer into the storm and the confidence increases, the watches end up turning over to winter storm warnings, or if lower amounts are expected, yet it still could cause travel impacts, then those are winter weather advisories. You can expect that uh, watches will turn to warnings and advisories today as we make those decisions. We just let our listeners know that we are recording this during noon time. So what are the expected accumulations for our area? It seems like it has increased since this morning. Sure. Oh, yeah. With this storm, which we've been seeing for many days now, we've been seeing it in the models. There's some back and forth on the track and all that stuff. But one thing that's been common all along is roughly from the Poconos through the Catskills does look to be pretty in the middle of where this heavier snow stripe is likely to be. The forecast that uh, we have right now for uh, Sullivan County and surrounding areas, including Pike, Wayne, Delaware counties, is somewhere in the 8 to 10 inch range for snowfall. We are also expecting that the front end of this is where the heavier snow will occur. And then as the storm carries on, it's going to get lighter and just linger into Sunday morning. But yeah, for the progression of this, sometime around 3 or 4 o'clock Saturday afternoon, is when the snow should begin. And we could see some snowfall rates exceeding an inch per hour, maybe even up to two inches per hour, at least for a window of time, Saturday evening. And then once we get into overnight Saturday night and into Sunday morning, the snow will be lighter, but it'll be lingering as well. When all is said and done, the expectations right now are about eight to 10 inches of snow. Now this, of course, is gonna to lead to some potential disruptions and challenges. So what can travelers expect during this period? There is, it's not all bad news, right? This could be happening on a Monday morning <laughs> and affecting schools and all that stuff, right? That's not happening. In this case, it's going to be happening on a Saturday evening to Saturday night, which still impacts people, does, but there are certainly busier times that could occur. But anyone with travel plans from mid-afternoon mid Saturday through Saturday night and even into Sunday morning as the cleanup occurs, this could certainly impact and travel could be, become very difficult. If you can change plans, go earlier, go later, 
I would certainly do that. Are there specific regions where the forecast has more uncertainty? And if so, why? Yeah, uh, there's more uncertainty as you get more towards the I-81 corridor and points west. That's where there's been a little more wishy-washy on the models for how far inland that the heavier snow uh, could extend from this coastal storm. But uh, you get into the Poconos and Catskills, it looks pretty, we have some pretty good confidence that heavy snow is going to occur. It's just a matter of, does it end up being in more like five or six inches or does it actually approach a foot? That's where the uncertainty is. There is no uncertainty though for that, the fact that there is going to be a coating of snow. It's going to be at least several inches of snow. And the most likely amount looks to be the eight to 10 inch range. Now, could it be a foot? But there is, this storm does have some speed to it. So there is an upper limit to what could occur. If this storm were parking over the area and really racking up a bunch of inches of snow, then there would be more uncertainty on the upper end. But pretty confident that the amounts will stay below a foot, yet will be above a half a foot, somewhere in that range. So how can uh, communities best prepare for this impending uh, winter storm? Just if you have plans that require you to be from point A to point B, do it early or do it much later. Simple as that. Also, one one positive about this storm is we're not expecting a lot of wind with it. There'll be a little wind, but if it were high winds with a heavy wet snow, we'd have to be more concerned with, let's say, power outages and things like that. In this case, it, pure, it looks like it's purely snow. It's just going to be a number of inches of snow. Travel impacts for sure, but the additional impacts that can happen with winter storms, not so much. Absolutely. This is an ever-changing storm here. Like I said, just in the past more than the inches uh, has increased here. Folks yeah. should go to the National Weather Service website for the most up-to-date information on this winter storm, correct? Absolutely. Yeah, that up, the, the forecast is updated uh, every few hours. It is constantly updated with the latest information. And not just on our website, but if you dig into the winter page of our website, if you go to our website and look for the little snowflakes icon, click on there. And then that way you don't just get an exact number of what the most likely forecast is, but you have the upper end and the lower end. What's the worst case? What's the best case? And then what's the most likely forecast? We're talking to the warning coordination meteorologist at NOAA National Weather Service about the upcoming storm. Again, keep up to date on the National Weather Service website for the most latest up-to-date information uh, from this storm. Mark, thank you so much for joining us on the program. I know you have a busy night ahead of you. Uh, oh, yeah. You <laughs> I, I do want to mention that this is a pretty busy pattern we're getting into. This is just the first storm. Looks looks pretty busy going forward. Around Tuesday, Wednesday next week, we could have a pretty a wet system and a very windy one. And so that adds new concerns. If you have a bunch of snow that can melt and then you throw a bunch of rain on top, what could happen? So we'll be sorting that out in coming days as well. Just stay weather aware, not just updated on this storm, but also the one to come next week, because there, there could be some pretty impactful factors with that storm, including high winds and the potential for melting snow plus rain, which could even cause a little bit of flooding. We're glad you're here to keep us up to date. So maybe we'll talk to you again next week. So again, thank yeah. you. Mark, Mark, for this, appreciate it. Stay safe and hopefully you get some sleep this weekend. All right. Thank you, Patricio. Thank you so much, Mark, for that. And the National Weather Service, again, stay tuned to the latest updates. Tune into WJFF Radio Catskill, the website or the radio, or check out the New York and the National Weather Service. 
Moving on here on the local edition, a new study on veterans' health is tracking the long-term effects of toxic exposure from burn pits. It uses artificial intelligence and finger-worn monitor to collect health data over several years. Researchers from Northwell Health say they want to learn more about burn pit exposure and develop new tests and treatments. WSHU's Desiree Diorio reports. During the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan, the military used open-air burn pits to get rid of garbage. Plastics, metal, even biohazardous waste were doused in jet fuel and set on fire. Millions of service members inhaled the noxious fumes, including Chad Lennon. Today, he's a major in the Marine Corps Reserves. But for seven months in 2010, he served in Afghanistan, where he says he often slept near the black plumes of smoke rising from the pit. You name it, it was in there electronics, paper, wag bags, which are the bags everyone pees and poops in. I wouldn't even be surprised if there was body parts thrown in there. Sitting in his doctor's office on Long Island, New York, Lennon says he began to notice odd symptoms, like shortness of breath and tightness in his chest, that the lifelong runner hadn't experienced before. And it got progressively worse. I'd get sick for three months straight, essentially. It would start around September from a cold, Um, to a sinus infection, to the flu, to bronchitis, and just constant. And I'm like, I don't understand what's going on. Lennon and other veterans are enrolled in a new long-term study to remotely collect real-time data on their health, like heart rate and EKGs, and to create new screening tools for veterans who get health care from private doctors instead of the VA. And you, the way you charge it... You just plug in the USB port. Dr. Anthony Sema is the pulmonologist leading the study through Northwell Health, one of the largest health systems in New York. Now technology allows us to remotely monitor patients. And what, what that means is we can stick a ring in somebody's finger. It goes to their phone. The veteran can look at their oxygen saturation and heart rate because it's a continuous pulse oximeter. If the ring detects, for example, symptoms of a panic attack, Sema says the app will alert the veteran and prompt them to fill out a specialized survey on the real-world stimuli the veteran is experiencing. This is actually big data or artificial intelligence because if we're taking readings every five seconds for the next two years, that's a lot of information. Sema says he hopes the real-time monitoring and standardized screening questionnaires will help define what veterans often report as vague, hard-to-explain symptoms. They'll say, I just don't feel right, and all the breathing tests are normal, and the you know, chest x-ray, CAT scan is normal. The results of the study over time will add to a growing body of research about the impacts of toxic exposure from burn pits and could also lead to new diagnostic tools for lung diseases. Just like the herbicide Agent Orange caused a slew of health problems for Vietnam War veterans, Sema says diseases from burn pit exposure will continue to plague the veterans from Iraq and Afghanistan. Because this was such a long war, longer than World War II in Vietnam, and there's so more, many more people, that it's going to affect a larger portion of veterans. and. And the exposure was so long. Lennon, the Marine reservist, says he's participating in the study now because he's worried about his future and he wants to be proactive. So I'm trying to do whatever I can. Um, I know my wife's concerned and, you know, especially with the guys I served with 
who are young, dying of cancer, and you just hear this all the time. In 2022, the PACT Act became law, making it easier for veterans who became sick from burn pit exposure to get health and disability benefits from the VA. About 3.5 million veterans could be eligible. And doctors like Anthony Sema are still investigating what long-term effects might be in store for this latest cohort of warfighters. Desiree DiOrio, WSHU News. Thank you, WSHU, for that report. Thank you to the New York News Connection. You're listening to the local edition. We'll be right back. You're listening to and talking to Joe Crookston, who's performing at the Delaware Valley Opera Arts Nest Winter Concert Series. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Local Edition, winner of Excellence in Broadcasting Awards from the New York State Broadcasters Association. Radio Catskill. Listen local. I'm Jason Tuga, host of The Mixtape. Every Friday night, it's my goal to bring WJFF listeners great music. Music from all over the world. Stuff that's been lost in the archives and needs to be heard. Classics you already knew you loved. And new stuff from established and emerging artists. All right here on the mixtape. WJFF Radio Catskill. Friday night at 7 on Radio Catskill. Today on The Daily. The U.S. Supreme Court banned the use of affirmative action in college admissions. Daily producer Jessica Chung documents how, over the past year, both students and college officials tried to navigate the new rules. I'm Michael Barbaro. That's today on The Daily. From The New York Times, at 6.30 on Radio Catskill, right after the local edition. Monday on Radio Catskill. It may be snowy this weekend, but Cornell Cooperative Extension Sullivan County is already looking ahead to spring and summer when spotted lanternfly numbers are likely to increase. We'll chat with horticulture program coordinator Katie Gazier about how to stop the spread of this and other invasive insect and plant species. Plus, the latest local economic perspective from James B. Huntington. Radio Chat Skill, Monday morning at 10. I'm Nagin Farsad, filling in for Peter Sagal. And this week on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, we ring in the new year in the traditional way, listening to interviews with our favorite guests, plus some you've never heard before. We've got brand new conversations with MSNBC's Rachel Maddow and journalist Bob Woodruff. Plus, we revisit our time with old friends Brad Paisley and Damian Lillard. Join us for the news quiz from NPR. Sunday morning at 10 on Radio Catskill. Today on The Daily, the U.S. Supreme Court banned the use of affirmative action in college admissions. Daily producer Jessica Chung documents how, over the past year, both students and college officials tried to navigate the new rules. I'm Michael Barbaro. That's Today on The Daily. From The New York Times, at 6.30 on Radio Catskill, right after the local edition. 
tis the season for fad dieting. But new weight loss medications are making room at the table for longer-term solutions, providing effective options for people with obesity and for wealthy celebrities without it. I'm Kai Wright. This week on Notes from America, we take your questions live and ask, what do we gain and what are the risks when we treat obesity like a chronic disease? Sunday evening at 6, live on Radio Catskill. Happy New Year! This is Donna Fellenberg from Catskill Character, and this week we're celebrating an aspect of our country that I believe is one of our strengths, illustrated by the story of my guest, Reverend Sung Jin Hung, who immigrated to this country and serves as a pastor in two churches, the United Methodist Church of Gramsville and Sundown. Hear his story Saturday at 10.30 on Radio Catskill. WJFF Jeffersonville, W233AH Monticello. You're listening to Radio Catskill. Singer-songwriter Joe Crookson performs, who's performs, who's he is performing Sunday at four at the Delaware Valley Arts Nest in Lake Huntington as part of their winter concert series. He's toured with Gordon Lightfoot, healed major for us festivals, received the Folk Alliance International Album of the Year, and has been named Folk Alliance International Artist in Residence. He joins us now on the phone. Good evening, Joe. Hi. <laughs> WJFF, I love you, Station, and um, I'm very excited to talk to you all. So thank you. Thanks for having me on. Yep. Well, thank you for making time for us. So uh, for folks who – we played a little bit of your music just just now, uh, but if folks who may not be familiar with your music, how would you describe it? Oh, wow. Well, I'm a storyteller, so I love a good song, like a good song that you can really connect to. I also play on stage six or seven different instruments, uh, bazooki and slide guitar and fiddle. So I, I weave the night between the different instruments, and I love doing that. So uh, that's I would describe it as kind of orchestral folk with a great story that people leave, and they're like, I love your storytelling. So that's important to me. Ah, that's awesome. In, in your bio, you describe the, um, the long note, a, a phrase in Irish culture. What does it mean, and, and why is it important to you as a performer? Ah, that's a great question. The, the long note in a, in a fiddle tune. Traditionally, a fiddle tune has one note in it that's special, that kind of is a little bit encapsulates the essence of the tune, you know? And so if you really dig into old time or Irish fiddle tunes, the long note is kind of the special note that makes it kind of magical and its own and have some specialness to it. And I would say that maybe the long note would be, you know, when people come to a concert, and they're all busy and they're stressed out and they're depressed and they're kind of having a hard time in life. And then they come to the concert and they have this moment where they're like, oh, I remembered who I was. I remembered that there are things in this world that aren't so broken and cruel. And then they go home. That concert would be like, I'm, I'm interested in creating a moment of a long note, of a, of a little moment for people to kind of resonate and find themselves. Yeah. 
That's interesting you say that. Just because as soon as you mentioned that, it just I, I just remember or or know the feeling of going back to sort of seeing live performances, performances again post pandemic, um, when everything was sort yep. of people coming back to, and exactly what exactly what I felt. It was like wow, like there's life outside my door. There's there's folks playing music, creating music, and it's uh, yeah. it's a great feeling there. So that's that's, that's what I, I remembered. Well, that's what I got reminded of when you mentioned that. So yeah, and then sometimes. A good good musician, good songs can remind us who we are, who even if we're out in the world, we can forget, who, you know, we can forget, you know. So in some ways, I think maybe that's what great art does. I'm not saying mine's great, but I do. That's what I that's what I strive for is to help myself stay awake and alive and help myself remember who I am beyond just the day to day, you know. Mm. And, yeah. and, and you also mentioned uh, a George uh, Georgia O'Keefe quote that uh, that you love, and I'll, I'm paraphrasing here: the parts of ourselves that we are most self conscious of are the parts of ourselves that are most uniquely true to who we are. Yeah. So you, you mentioned a little bit of that, but why does that quote resonate with you? Oh man, you got you're asking great questions. This is this is great. <laughs> I you know we can all follow the norms, follow the trends, do what other people do to feel safe and part of the tribe because it's like okay, I'm not I'm be I'm blending in here, but it's the things that we do and we love that are outside of that that are what makes us each special and unique. And I would say maybe I've spent a lot of years in my life learning how to accept, oh, this is how I make art. This is the way I write songs. This is how I play and perform. I might do this interview with you right now, WJFF. I might, might do the interview in a way that other people might not do it. And, and so for me, I have to trust and I've learned to trust that, oh, my unique way of doing it is what makes me kind of Joe Crookston, you know, and to, to not do that, then I just sort of blend in and become beige, you know. So in some ways, I think I've been trying to find my, what my essence is. And that Georgia O'Keeffe quote reminds me to if it makes me a little nervous, that's pr- and but I want to do it. It's probably because it's not the norm and I should follow that instinct, you know. Yeah, like I, I always say those feelings are the feelings saying that uh, you're going to grow from this experience in some way. Um, yeah. Getting out of your comfort you zone. You're going to grow from it, and maybe you're going you're gonna to blossom into who you really are in this moment more than you were by following the trends, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, something I learned about you that I found interesting, uh, you're touring Ireland this summer, but uh, you're actually hosting a travel tour for folks, and you're uh, serenading them along the way. Can you tell us about that and why is Ireland so important to you? Yeah, um, I would definitely, I, I go every year. I've gone for the last maybe 12 years. I take a group of 24 people over to Ireland to the West Coast and we have a bus and we have guides and we meet musicians and it's very well organized. And um, we go up and down the West Coast basically for 10 days together and people go back year after year. They love it. It changes their lives, that kind of thing. But what's why I love it so much, one, is being with a group of people. I love performing but I one night, but I love connecting with people over a period of 10 days, getting to know them, laughing, having a good story, singing together and experiencing. And then the other part of it, too, is that Ireland is it values the bard, the troubadour, the storyteller, the poets. And they is such a deep tradition in Ireland of, of that culture, loving what I do as an artist. 
So in some ways, when I go to Ireland, I feel like I'm never more valued as an artist than and than anywhere I go because it's so woven into the culture that the poets and storytellers, if you're in a pub and it's busy and everybody's talking and laughing and someone starts to sing an acapella song in the corner, the, everyone, everyone will quiet down and listen to this person sing this song. And that's an amazing, you know, it, that doesn't happen very many places, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. It seems like, you know, music is such a part of your life and and, and so much of, of who you are. But, but beyond performing on stage, you also host workshops and you're a visual artist, a painter. Does that also inspire your singing songwriting or are those things or are those things good, uh, you know, taking a break from performing? Yeah, uh, both. Uh, both are true. I think that taking a break from performing and um, doing the visual arts. I always used to separate it like it was a very separate thing. But over the last number of years, I've really learned that, like, for me, I like making things. I, I really just like using my hands. I like creating something. I'm making something. I I can't remember the last time I ever watched TV. Mm. Like, I literally do. I, I just am not drawn to sitting passively and taking something in like that. I think I just enjoy creating. And I would say that. Lately, the art that I'm making is very whimsical, quick. I call it carefree art. And what I mean by that is just I'm making sculptures out of found objects, and they're quick and easy, and kind of they don't look so great, but I don't care because in some ways I'm allowing myself to not be good at what I'm doing and just enjoy the physicality of it. And then when I go back to my music, I bring that attitude of a little more carefree, a little more free, less trying, not trying so hard, you know, and that's good for me. It, 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 the art teaches me how to be a better musician. That, you know, just saying that letting go almost, I, I think that's, for me, that's tough. Uh, letting go yeah, of, letting, if, you, if you're yeah. trying something new art form or trying dabbling into, into some kind of new art form or trying to create, I think sometimes the expectation of what you're trying to create um, sometimes will stifle you. And, um, and it's, and for me, I find it tough to sometimes just let it go and, and let it be okay that it's, it's not great. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I, I really appreciate what you just said. Absolutely. And when it's new, but also then when you've done it for lots of years and you have expectations, I have expectations on myself, then that's when I start to really try hard. You know what mm. I mean? Like I'm going to outdo myself now. And some ways it's, it's, it's a little bit of a trap that maybe I try. Um, the the more I've done something, I, I think that I have to keep getting better at it or something. So it it teaches me to relax and you know create the art from a place of ease and kind of freedom rather than uh, anxiety. You know. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Now you're performing this weekend at the Delaware Valley yep. uh, our Opera, uh, opera during House. De- yep. during yep. the Arts Nest uh, concert. Um, what do you hope folks take away from this concert? My music on <laughs> and my songbooks and my art. <laughs> I do hope that they do that. And I used to be bashful about selling my merchandise and my art and stuff, you know, like, oh, I don't want to be humble, you know. And I'm humble, but I would say that I work hard as a musician, as a business. And I think that when people really are moved by what they hear, it really, it's, it's like I'm selling bagels or sandwiches or something, and people say, oh, we want to eat that food, and I want to purchase that. So I would say I'm joking, but I'm also not joking that I really love it when people actively support um, artists 
And think about this, how many people go online and purchase things from a company across the country that it, all of our money gets funneled to one business, you know? And so in some ways, I really appreciate when people spend money on local artists and, and, and local, you know. But aside from that, I hope that they leave smiling. Maybe maybe they came with their, their husband or wife or their partner and they got in a little fight the earlier in the day. And then on the way home, they kind of like said, hey, let's, let's be friends again. Let's talk this out, you know, like, like a little bit of a moment to remember that, hey, we, we, we are better than we're being, you know, and, or, and we, have a, we have a lot to be grateful for, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Joe, I like it when go ahead. people leave with it. I like if people leave with a sense that like, wow, we, we went to this thing, but it wasn't just entertainment, but it was really kind of, it, it moved us in a way, you know? Yeah. It, 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 was, it was an experience. Yeah, yeah, it was an experience. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Joe, we're running out of time here. Less than a minute here. Um, any snow date planned? Um, or are you just toughing it out for Sunday? Because we were expecting some snow to come over this weekend. Yes. Okay. My understanding is that Saturday, um, my Saturday concert has been canceled beca uh, because in central Pennsylvania. Um, but my sense is that all the snow is going to fall. But it, it, by Sunday, by the, you know, when we do this concert, um, uh, at the opera house it should not be snowing anymore that's my sense but uh if not you better believe there's going to be a snow date and i'll be back and i'll be back better than ever yeah absolutely we'll enjoy talking to joe crookson who has a concert this weekend at the arts nets at delaware valley opera thank you so much joe for talking to us really appreciate it and really uh, you're an inspiring person to talk to uh, to be honest oh uh, uh, yeah really uh loved your questions and i appreciate what you do there at the station so take care all right, awesome. For more information about the Winter Concert Series, visit DelawareValleyOpera.com. That's it for the local edition. We'll be back on Monday. Have a good night, Lucy. Check out our website, WJFFRadio.org. Take care. Stay safe, everyone.